Welcome back to The World is Storytelling, and welcome to The World is Storytelling, Andy. Tell us a story. Okay, here is a story about the worst week of my life, which was clown school. <laughs> I actually asked my colleagues on Fish, can I, you know, what are some of my best stories? And they said uh, the disappointing sausage was one of them, which is about a time I had a bad sausage. And I, I went back to the, the restaurant for a reef. You know, it's, it's very small gravel is what I'm trying to say. Um, so clown school was, it was about, a, it was a week. It was a four day course in learning to be a clown, which was very much in vogue at the time. When I say clowns, I mean the, the people who do um, quite intense clowning. When you see someone doing it re really well, it's incredible. You know, they, they, they lead you into weird places as an audience and you're kind of following along. You can't believe someone on stage is being this audacious. And so I thought, well, I've got to. I've got to try. You know, this is this is the thing in comedy. I want to do a solo show myself one day. So I'd, I'd better learn how to clown. There was a, I want to say celebrity clown leading the workshop, um, someone who was very okay. well regarded in the industry. And there were about, I don't know, tw 20 of us maybe doing the course. And it was a four-day course. It became really clear to me very early on, I did not have the makings of a clown. In fact, I think about 18 of the 20 of us really, really clearly did not have the makings of of clowns. Okay. <laughs> you need to be so, you need to have quite an unusual personality to, to be really comfortable with failing so much in front of your peers and in front of potentially an audience. You, you have to, there's a big ethos about you know sitting with discomfort and um they have this phrase you know sit in sit in the shit basically you know it, it's going badly stay with that follow that impulse don't whatever you do try and make things better the instructor w was um was very devoted to the ethos and definitely wanted to help us feel as uncomfortable as possible and boy did i did i ever I certainly, I don't know about my classmates, I certainly felt like I was getting worse at it every day and, and much less comfortable with myself every day. And it wasn't a, this wasn't a course where I believe in, in France they have residential courses where you take maybe six months, you're clowning for six months, and there they've really got time to break you down and build you back up again. And here, I think they had time to break us down, but sadly the four-day course came to an end before there was any building back up. And I do remember I got to do one sketch which really worked and which made everyone laugh, even our instructor, who was um, qu quite hard to please. And that, that three <laughs> minutes made me think, maybe I am a clown, maybe I am the great, what's the name of the clown in the anecdote? That's the one, Ronald McDonald, that's what yes. I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it became so, and I remember, I actually remember lying, I don't think this is an exaggeration, on the floor of my home and saying to my now wife, I don't want to go back to clown school. I mean, she wasn't responsible for this, you know, this is entirely my um, situation I got myself into. But I remember her saying, yeah, I mean, maybe this isn't exactly for you, Andy. And she was right. Aww. She was right. <laughs> so the week, <laughs> the week ended. One person spectacularly flamed out and got really angry with the instructor and had a, they had a very long argument in front of the rest of us about what is and isn't funny. Then we had some drinks, all went our separate ways. I went on to do a solo show that uh, w was fine. I think, I think would be the... The, the summation of anyone who saw it. I don't think many people came out of it saying it was less than fine. You know, it, it resolutely failed to set the Edinburgh Fringe alight in 2016. But it was, you know, it was my thing that I'd made and I was very excited and proud of it. And it was really fun to do. But it involved pretty much zero elements of clowning.
there was a wig at one point. I, I don't know you in the slightest, but I imagine you as someone who goes against the grain. So, you know, when most clowns have really massive shoes, maybe you're like wearing really tiny kids' shoes. Oh, or that's a great idea. Sort of pinched. I mean, that's you're funny. missing the whole time. Yeah, exactly. There Gr- you go. Grimaldi. Grimaldi is the name of the clown. Thank you. <laughs> that was going to, I was going to kick myself after the recording if I hadn't remembered. And you said Grimace and we got it. So thank you. Boom. There we go. And, um, you know, if you ever go on stage with the name Grimandy, then uh, you can send me some more. Oh, my God. Are you a clown consultant or something? Because this is very, this feels like a very good package that we're suddenly working up. And we're not for the fact that I have sworn never, ever to do anything clowny again. Um, you'd be onto a winner there. Tell me, you, you were going to tell me a short story about, about fish. There are four of us in, in No Such Thing as a Fish. Uh, myself, Anna, Dan and James. And this is Dan and James's anecdote, really. So mm. nothing to do with me. But I am also, I, I think this story is true. But when you've been doing anything for a long <laughs> enough time, people have asked yeah. you so many times, how did you begin? And mm. I'm not imputing Dan and James's memories here, but I have experienced the story gets set in stone and well, it, it can be added to it, it can be embellished, but eventually you're only remembering the, the story rather than the event. So yeah, yeah. The, the story is, it had been a long day at QI, you know, lots of fact research and verification and, and bundling things up into questions for the TV show and, you know, all the, all the work that we, we do all the time. And then there'd, be, there'd been a lull in the conversation. I think Dan and James were the only two people in this bit of the office at this point. And one of them says to the other, did you know there are over 600 men in the world who have two penises? Dan said, or maybe James said, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that was a fact. It's true, by the way. It is, it's, it's, it's is a it? really, really rare condition. Yeah, it is really true. It's a thing called okay. diphalism. There's a man who's written a biography of his, his life with two penises. I think he trades under the name Double Dick Dude, but that's a bit vulgar. You might have to. Um, I don't know if that. I don't know what time this podcast goes out. Um, if you're listening before nine p.m., stop it and come back. Then. Absolutely, um, come back later. That was supposedly the germ of the whole idea of no such thing as a fish. Which and the basic premise was in the early years, we have been working on QI. There are all these extra facts we haven't managed to fit into the show. Why don't we get around a table, talk about them? Um, see if they go anywhere. And that was pretty much it. And every story of the origin of something, well, the best stories always have this moment of unexpectedness. And it's a thing I talk about on Fish quite a lot. The story of Licorice All Sorts being created is that the creator had all of his All Sorts neatly lined up on trays, the same, you know, they're all the same, they're all in rows, right? And mm. then he someone trips over and drops a tray and suddenly these all sorts are they're all mixed up and the inventor <laughs> mr bassett himself is looking and he thinks my god that's that's an idea we we should mix up the also and every story has this element of every origin story has this element of unexpectedness or serendipity and i'm sure that licorice all sorts story is not true it's 100 percent not true <laughs> But the alternative, which is that we've been rigorously focus grouping the, the, the level of variety people would like in their licorice products, is so bland by comparison, it, it wouldn't stand a chance. And it's also a much less fun story to tell. I think that conversation between Dan and James did happen. And it's not true that we were ruthlessly focus grouping uh, fact podcast <laughs> ideas. But we did obviously think. We thought about it a bit before we did it. We didn't just 
you know, start. I mean, um, I, I have a feeling that if you were focus grouping it, maybe one of the first facts wouldn't be about President Garfield's anus. And I'm giving away how much of a fan <sighs> I am, but um, that I is that's good knowledge. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little, a very silly story about that knowledge. I was, um, I, I got into fish quite late. And uh, there, there did come a point where I'd, I'd caught up and I wanted to go back. But I hadn't listened to the first, I don't know, first 50 or something. And okay. I was I was in Macedonia um, a few, what well, was it now? Almost a year ago. And okay. I got on a long bus and I really needed a shit. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I had I, I knew this was like explosive diarrhea. Pardon me. This is that this is going to come. Oh no! Did something to distract me. I knew that in about three hours there was going to be a bathroom break, and I knew that if I can just hold on to there, it will be all right. And I was like, I, I need something which is just going to distract me. I was like, all right, I'm going to fish, but I can't <laughs> listen to something that I've I've listened to before because it's not going to distract me. Let's go yep. to these. Uh, start from the beginning. And it just the, the serendipity and the silliness of thinking about President Garfield's anus while my anus was <laughs> oh, heading the other way. <laughs> well, I'm glad we helped a bit in in your yeah. hour or your three hours of need. I mean, you you really did. So I want to thank you for that and and for all the <laughs> other uh, wonderful entertainment. Thank you so much for coming on the world of storytelling, Andy. Oh, thank you, Roddy. Thank you for listening to the clowning. Um, I f- I feel a bit better about it all now. And that was The World is Storytelling with me, Ronnie, and the amazing Andrew Hunter-Murray. To support The World is Storytelling and our mission to bring wonderful stories that change the world, make sure to subscribe, rate, follow the podcast, buy the book, and get in touch with any questions, whatever it may be. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and see you at the next one.